0: Welcome to the Palladium Podcast. I'm your host, Wolf Tyvy, Editor-in-Chief of Palladium. I'm joined today by Matt Palmer from the Neoliberal Project. He's going to talk with us a little bit about the situation, by which we mean uh, the recent sort of unrest over the summer, general collapse in state legitimacy this year as a result of coronavirus and other things. And we're going to try to get a handle on what's going to be going on over the next months and possibly years. Um, as a result of all this stuff. So thanks so much for coming on, Matt.
1: Hey, Wolf, how you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm great. So I guess we should start with kind of summaries of how we see what's been happening this year, and then we can dive into all the details. Yeah. I think the big story or one of the big stories this year that we want to talk about here is a general collapse in state legitimacy on a number of different verticals. So I think the first thing there was the coronavirus, obviously. So I remember back in March and so on, everyone was howling about, you know, how how all the institutions had become incompetent. They were completely unable to handle this thing. They didn't even really seem like they wanted to. Uh, They didn't seem like they had a good plan. Uh, You know, with coronavirus getting out of control, everyone was getting really antsy and kind of it, it started to become really obvious that that the American state was actually not all that coherent. Our society was not in good shape. And, and we're yeah. like, you know, even a few months earlier, it was possible to maintain that illusion. And so I think that was like the first big blow. And then as a result of coronavirus, obviously, we had um, mass unemployment, um, which, which is always a very uh, tricky thing. Absolutely. Politically. And, you know, combine that with with potential food insecurity and and other things. And I remember, Matt, you and other people were predicting civil unrest. Um, And then come the summer, we start to see some civil unrest as as things get kicked off with uh, the death of George Floyd involving some possible police brutality. And then basically lots of anger over that. Right Lots of people jumping in, just sort of being dissatisfied in general, and then kind of concurrently an acceleration of the the sort of woke narrative around the whole thing, the Black Lives Matter thing, and so on.
1: Well, I, I think it's an accel. I think it's an acceleration of a, a, a lot of different narratives. And you know, before we get right. too deep into the hot takes, I do want to I do want to say that you know I'm not speaking on behalf of the neoliberal project in this in this particular moment. Um, right. You know, the, we, we've, as an organization, always been a very big tent. I happen to be one of the more, um, uh, uh, of the people in the tent, uh, one of the more alarmed people in the tent. And, uh, right. you know, I, I kind of consider, you know, any any attempt to raise the alarm to be, uh, you know, one that's consistent with, uh, you know, our our, our mission of, uh, you know, surfacing conversations that don't normally happen.
0: Yeah. But I think that brings us about uh about to where we are now which is kind of late summer uh things have calmed down a little bit but but basically we've settled into you know a new normal with coronavirus and and surrounding kind of like new social rules and so on and and general generally still a background of unrest though not as acute as it was earlier well i mean
1: we're, we're, we're recording this on the 24th and last night uh jacob blake was um you know, shot in the back seven times in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So, you know, <laughs> saying, right. saying yeah, that yeah. things no, have see- calmed down might might be out of date in four right. hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. It could blow up at any time. And right, yeah, exactly. there's that most recent incident. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But generally, this thing is not over. Not at all. Uh, the coronavirus is still going to be this underlying structural factor that is going to mess with things. The chronic sort of zombification of american institutions are going to continue Mm -hmm. to create more and more chaos general election year shenanigans are going to add to the energy level of the whole thing you know whatever kind of builds on the unrest uh, of the summer is going to continue and and of course we have the uh the sort of ongoing wokening and woke acceleration especially in the last year but but really over the last decade and so Let's start talking about what we expect to happen over the next year or so. Yeah. Um, and and so I know you have some great takes on this. You think people are really underestimating certain risks massively. So I'll turn it over to you. Massively.
1: I, I think the the discourse around the election and the idea that 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 the election is going to be anything other than a contested mess, um, regardless of how far in, in any direction you know the popular vote count swings. Um, I, I really do think that, uh, you know, we're we're looking at a very dicey uh, period between uh, between when the polls close and uh, and when um, whoever the next president is uh, is inaugurated in January.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I remember I remember with the election of Trump, there was sort of yeah. um, prefiguring narratives of of like election illegitimacy on both sides. There was oh, absolutely. Quite a bit of discussion of voter fraud from the right. And, and of course, the Russiagate thing from the left.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so you know, we can expect those things to to, to continue.
1: And I, and I think on the on the left, like you know, everybody's everybody's like very familiar with the right wing narrative around you know around voter fraud and other things like that, which is almost entirely contrived. You know, the 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 idea that you know like buses of illegals are being are being sent in various different places is is. Just patently absurd. You know, there's no evidence of it. Where voter fraud does occur, ironically, the victims are almost always uh, uh, Democrats who are running against uh, big city machines who do indeed actually engage in in some of the voter fraud that uh, you know that folks that mm-hmm. folks talk about, just not to the scale that is required to you know shift statewide elections in most cases. I, I think so. That 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 you know that that narrative is is a well-established one. You know the idea of you know the idea that the right wing has has a number of has a number of uh, uh, sort of little narrative cards in its back pocket that they use to um, you know call into question the legitimacy of elections. But I think I think the the left kind of gets a pass for doing the same sort of narrative destruction, right? Like you see, you know, you see, you see a very one-sided narrative around, uh, gerrymandering, for example, right? Where it's, Mm -hmm. where it's almost always the fault of, of Republicans when it's talked about in, uh, you know, in, in mainstream discourse, uh, when in reality it's, you know, it's, it's pretty evenly split. I mean, you know, ask the Maryland Democrats, uh, uh, you know, how, how best to go chop up a chop up some districts to, you know, guarantee a higher degree of representation. I mean, the, you know, the, the, heck the state itself is, is drawn in a way that raises some eyebrows, you know, so I, I, I what we're looking at right now, particularly in the lead up to the election is, is a concerted campaign on the, uh, on the part of both of the major party organizations to call into question the legitimacy of these elections. And that, 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 that should make people wonder well you know if if the major party institutions that are you know that exist to to contest these elections no longer believe in their legitimacy why should the rest of the public believe in their right. legitimacy right. you know the the norms are this and you know this is a, a, a something that i think we'll probably come back to multiple times over the course of this discussion and beyond is that norms are this magical thing that require collective uh, assent to actually apply to any given situation and right. we're
0: knocking out a we're knocking out a norm a day <laughs> yeah 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 no you you see that like like where I I mean, this this extends sort of more broadly to just the idea of law in general, right? Like you start to get really frustrated about, you know, why am I following the rules if you just like see people uh, systematically breaking the rules, and so you see this in in institutional norms, you see this in social norms, you see this in the law, and then of course, not to mention the the like questions about the legitimacy of the enforcement uh, apparatuses. Oh, and things
1: absolutely i mean you know if if you're if you're looking at the you know the election state legitimacy collapse that has you know that was probably the the largest the largest issue in the front of people's minds in say january right but that was overtaken pretty much immediately by the collapse of the health authorities credibility which is still ongoing you know the masks right. don't work thing radicalized a lot of people in fact cdc messaging from uh, you know, from from uh, early spring, is now circulating. Uh, you know, c- messaging that the CDC put out and said was their official guidance that you know people that that masks were not effective in preventing the spread of of, of you know of this yeah. uh, you know of of this uh, strain of SARS. You know that those those exact same infographics, that exact same information, those exact same quotes are are now showing up in. Um, patently insane conspiracy theory uh, material. Um, And (laughs) it begs the question, you know, why in the world were they, you know, what legitimacy should we grant to organizations that are willing to go put this sort of thing out, uh, you know, for the greater good, they would probably say, as Fauci did in, you know, in his testimony a few weeks ago. You know, why should we take these organizations seriously if they, uh, you know, if they're willing to be as, you know, direct about their dishonesty to the public as, yeah. you know, as, as, as they have been.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't even, I mean, like, you know, a noble lie for the greater good. I, 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 I really dislike the idea of noble lies and so on, but like, well, that's the, that's you know, the steel man version of what happened. Right, The, right, exactly. the, the non-steel that's, that's man the <laughs> version. The, that's the steel man, right? And, yeah, and yeah. like, what actually happened is like, they didn't even, it, it's, it's in, in hindsight, it looks like a bad idea to have done what they did. Horrible right? idea like, I, I don't think it was even
1: in hindsight. I think I think everybody No, it was you know.
0: te- yeah You could tell at the time, but but like there was no like oh, yeah, you know history will exonerate us kind of Kind of thing here where like yeah, we, we misled the public but it saved a lot of lives like no it, it really didn't uh, No, it, it didn't at it all. just it just like you cost yourself a bunch of credibility by lying
1: Yeah, and and, and the the you know, there's this there's this tendency uh, among this sort of um you know, uh, among these sort of institutional elites, to you know, to to assume that 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 these are understandable uh, oversights on their part or understandable mistakes on their part, and that people should mm-hmm. sort of you know exercise a, a you know what they would probably uh, frame as you know a a, a, a positive form of Gelman uh, amnesia, <laughs> uh, but that's. You know uh, again there's you know you you can you can make that argument right up until you look at a quarter of a million person body count uh, and then you have to start asking yourself you know what in the world is the basis of the authority of these institutions in the first place if they can't you know if they can't uh if they can't at least be honest about the fact that they're uh, doing a terrible job of you know of of preventing uh you know the spread of a deadly pandemic This is how
0: paradigms always work, right? Like a a paradigm always sort of is going to defend itself. It's going to Mm -hmm. there's no like mechanism within a paradigm to recognize when it's failed. That they always kind of have this this you know increasingly clinging on to these epicycles of of you know just trust the paradigm and uh, just just trust the institutions, trust the experts kind of thing going on. And and it takes it takes this sort of external impetus to to replace the thing right right and, and Or or to reform it and and this is where we get back to this question of like civil unrest and so on It's like yeah, we have a lot of energy sort of oriented around Kind of changing the paradigm, but there doesn't seem to be any alternative right now Yeah, um, and and like and and there's a lot of people contending to to increase the chaos level but mm-hmm. you know with some i'm sure we all have all our own galaxy brain plans in mind but they don't they don't seem to be quite aligned with each other which we need a, be for a we, we need a directory
1: uh we need a direct we need, we need an interim directory government and a constitutional convention that's what i'll be voting for this november the uh <laughs> yeah, the um is I, I there think anyone people...
0: is there anyone with the legitimacy to run such a thing
1: uh, I, th- I actually I actually think that the uh, that that some of the, um, you know, one thing I suggested early on during, you know, when it was becoming clear that the Trump administration was utterly incapable of handling anything related to COVID. Uh, one of the things that I openly suggested was that uh, Senator Sass, Senator Rubio, you know, uh, uh, and a few others go find some Democratic counterparts. And um, march into the situation room and basically start applying some vigorous adult supervision, which, you know, obviously, obviously, obviously never happened. And, you know, that one can one can uh, wax poetic about the constitutional difficulties that that would present. But um, I, I think one of the things we forget is that is that the initial propaganda of the deed that I think it has enabled sort of the spiraling of a lot of this unrest, uh, was the successful, uh, was the mostly successful anti-lockdown protests, you know, of, of March and, uh, April. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I, I think a lot of people saw that when the, you know, when various different, uh, right-wing and, uh, libertarian militias and other groups went to the Michigan state Capitol, I think folks saw that, well, you know, a few days later, all of a sudden, uh, as if by magic, the, you know, the, uh, Industrial bases start, you know, starts to be reopened. Construction gets the green light to start up again. You know, a lot of other a lot of other things like that. And I think that that folks are oftentimes, especially folks who, you know, sort of live in a coastal, um, you know, coastal elite media bubble, um, they, they tend to think that, you uh, you know people are way less keyed up than they actually are in reality um you know a lot of the a lot of the american you know a lot of the american right and a lot of american libertarians uh, saw you know that they were given an object lesson in how to you know how to uh enforce their demands on things and i think that uh, mm-hmm. folks on the left saw that and realized you know a little light bulb went off in their heads and uh That's where you now see, you know, uh, again, in Michigan, things like things like uh, members of the Socialist Rifle Association acting as a quick response force, uh, you know, for people who want to go brawl with the Proud Boys. Uh, Now, granted, I don't think the Proud Boys should be doing, uh, you know, I don't think the Proud Boys should be doing uh, a show of force marches anywhere, let alone through African-American suburbs of, of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And when they do, you know, they they they're. They're uh, asking for the beating that they end up getting, quite frankly. But you know, you've got to you've got to look at that though at the larger context. Well, you know, how did that how did that specific incident in Cal how how was that specific incident in Kalamazoo facilitated? Well, it was facilitated by um, you know a cadre of armed leftists, uh, you know, with plate carriers and rifles, uh, who know how to set up a perimeter and new and who know how to. Uh, you know who know how to direct uh, street violence in a you know in a way that uh, that is uh, you know productive to them. Now, I you know in this limited case, uh, should the Proud Boys have been run out of town? Yeah, probably. I would have rather that that the police had done that. But you know, it still is a it's it's one of those uh, you know it's one of those uh, data points that you just cannot ignore in the larger context of a you know, of an American public that's that's rapidly uh, rejecting a lot of the, you know, right. the, the well, basic well, I mean, forms of protest or the basic forms of, you know, in, engagement in the political process.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like sort of the, the medium is the message, so to speak, right? And what you yeah, have here is an, an independent armed group uh, enforcing its own kind of street law, basically.
1: Right, right. And, and you know, and, and the issue is that, you know, the, the reason they're doing that is because, you know, the police aren't, controlling the right-wing mob <laughs> you know what I mean the police are allowing the right-wing mob to rampage through a, through a residential neighborhood you know the and and uh, you know it you've got to wonder all right well if I'm you know if I'm an African American resident if I, if I'm a black resident in this neighborhood you know well who who's who am I going to be more appreciative of? Um, is it going to be the, you know, is it going to be the, the John Brown gun club with the, you know, with, with their guys and technicals, or is it going to be the local police department who seems like they spent more time making sure that the broad boys could, you know, go molest unmolested.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, this has been, I mean, on the sort of other side of police legitimacy. So like on one yeah. side of police legitimacy, there's, there's the, like the militarization, the brutality, the yeah. like, you know, they're they're generally harassing uh various communities, causing a lot of trouble for people. Mm -hmm. People really don't like the police, uh, the sort of fuck the police side. But then there's the other side, which is the like what you're talking about, but I've heard that from both sides that that the police are not doing their job. No, they're uh, not they're and and, like not actually providing law and order. And they lose legitimacy on that side too. Like like you hear this you hear this from from the right wing that like Oh, yeah. Like the the basic the basic purpose of the police is to uh, stop the middle class from from like, you know, defending themselves, blah, blah, blah. Right.
1: I Uh, actually agree with that to a degree. I I, I think the you see that in you see that in Chicago. Um, Chicago is even at the level of its transportation system, a segregated city mm -hmm. Uh, and um, neighborhoods in Chicago are oftentimes, uh, you know, oftentimes not even really effectively policed by, by CPD, you know, by the Chicago police department at all. Uh, oftentimes the Chicago police department is operating, you know, is, is operating in those neighborhoods in, in agreement with local gangs. And when the unrest broke out around, you know, around the, um, you know, the murder of uh, George Floyd, the, the, the folks, uh, The folks who were members of a a particular street gang known as the Latin Kings in Chicago actually got in touch with the police department and said, oh, well, you know, we'll handle we'll handle things in our neighborhood. Well, unfortunately, uh, handling things in their neighborhood um, consisted of taking pot shots at cars with black people in them. (laughs) Um, you know, just just random civilians who are, you know, not not looters, not anybody who's engaging in any, you know, any untoward activities like, you know, nurses trying to go get to work down at, uh, you know, down at the UC hospital, you know, and 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 then and then what immediately followed? Well, you know, reprisal gang attacks from, uh, you know, from from uh, uh, gangster disciples groups down there and other things like that. And the common thread in all of this is that Chicago police won't the Chicago police just refuse to protect homes. They refuse to protect businesses. They refuse to really do anything other than hide behind, um, you know, hide behind National Guard units in the loop uh, while the city goes to hell. And, you know, it, 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 uh, if, if they were just doing that, it would be one thing. But that's combined with the fact that they're out there, uh, you know, they're out there uh, sparing no expense and sparing no resources at all to go beat up kids with signs. Uh, who are actually peacefully protesting, and you know, it makes it makes you wonder, like, oh well, you know, is is what's happening here actually just some form of collective punishment? That's what I've become convinced of, quite frankly, at least in the specific case of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 when the uh, you know when the police not only won't do their job, but don't do their job in a way that smacks of collective collective punishment. Uh, like I said, we'll keep coming back to this, but it begs the question, like, where from where does their authority actually? Derive, you know, like if mm-hmm. if they can't actually if they can't actually maintain um, some degree of public public order, uh, even in the face of of people who have extremely legitimate concerns about their their, uh, you know, about their just day to day brutality and in interacting with particularly the black population, but also, you know, but also everybody else in Chicago. You know it, it, yeah it raises a lot of questions um questions that i think a lot of people have answered uh with you know hell no they do not have uh legitimacy anymore
0: yeah and so that takes us to the situation with basically you know all these groups like you mentioned the socialist rifle association and, yeah and other militias and so on running yeah. around now kind of like arming themselves up yeah uh getting out there sort of exercising their their street capabilities yeah. and uh, you know, on the background of general kind of breakdown of, of state legitimacy, we have uh, yeah. this question of well, then where where is law going to come from if if any, right? Right. Um, right. And uh, or or just like what's going to be the the situation the force situation on the streets? Yeah. How how do you even
1: street. understand what the ground rules are for interacting with you know a situation like this? And yeah. I, I don't R- think rules, that's a question rules, that's been answered any, at all. Right? Like like what right. are the
0: rules? Right, right. Um, you know, it could be. I, you know, I'm I'm here in Berkeley, and Berkeley's things seem to be basically under control. We haven't seen much much uh, sort of unrest. You know, we've seen a protest or two, but but it hasn't been like it has been in some cities where yeah. where just like things are getting burned down and so on. Right. And yeah. So, but but like you can imagine some communities where you know the police basically just. Either some combination of give up, or pushed out, or or get defunded, and now you've got this kind of vacuum right. of like, well, what's what's going to fill that place? You know, a, a lot of people, I think, a lot of people want, and a lot of people fear some kind of like totalitarian social worker gang that, that now <laughs> controls the streets. Um, you know, like like that's that's sort of like yeah, I don't know, like when people say defund the police, right? Like that that's that's sort of that's what a lot of uh, yeah. people imagine. I can assure
1: sides. I can assure you that 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 the black folks that I've talked with in Chicago have zero interest in being policed by social workers, <laughs> right, right? And I can right. tell, I can also tell you that the reaction to to uh, uh, to a heavily you know to a heavily armed or backed up by armed. Uh, people sort of social worker contingent would not be well received
0: <laughs> in yeah.
1: in in uh you know in 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 black neighborhoods especially around here i mean that yeah. you know th- there's this i think this uh perception that um some of the folks within the the BL, BLM so there's uh, it's worth parsing this out so the the BLM organization, like Black Lives Matter, the organization um, is is uh, you know very heterogeneous. Uh, you know there mm-hmm. there are different groups in different parts of the country. Uh, you know, and like any left wing organization, it's it's difficult to make blanket statements about what um, you know about what their their uh, their their rank and file believes or what their leadership believes. I, I will say in Chicago we do have a really serious problem with uh, uh, black ethno nationalists in. In BLM, uh, the organization, uh, right. not not so much like BLM, the slogan. Like the 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 people out in the streets, you know, marching and protesting are are, are less than one percent have objectionable views about this, but uh, 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 you know, about about race relations and other things like that. Um, or you know, views that people would consider to be objectionable. Um, but there there is a a pretty sizable contingent within their leadership that that is actually um that is actually, uh, you know, subscribed to a number of, of, uh, sort of nation of Islam style derived right, nation right. of Islam derived sort of, you know, uh, 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 really reprehensible views about, uh, about white people generally and about, uh, uh, Jewish and, uh, uh pe- Jewish people and La- uh, people with a Latin background as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, some of the, the rhetoric coming from people who were actually directly involved with organizing some of the protests, uh, around, uh, You know, around the the sort of uh, uh, Mexican gang versus black gang violence on the south side, um, you know, Mm -hmm. when this initially popped off Um, some of those some of the things that were coming out of people's mouths are stuff that uh, you would you would expect to hear at a Klan rally. So, you know, I I think that I I think that that people probably overestimate the degree to which um, BLM the org uh, is representative of the people out in the streets chant chanting. About Black Lives Mattering, which you know Black lives do matter. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's that, that's the interesting thing that struck me in all this, right? It's like yeah. you have a you have sort of this outpouring, uh, like like the positive way to read the whole thing, right? Is this like outpouring of solidarity among yeah. Americans, right? Yeah. of Like,
1: which I think is genuine,
0: right? Like, and and it's like okay, we see this thing, like you know we maybe we're looking at some illusionary aspects of it maybe we're looking at the real thing but we see yeah. this brutality and it's like no we don't like that we don't like you know our neighbors getting beat up by the cops we don't like yeah. this system where people are getting oppressed and so on it's like outpouring yeah. of solidarity and like that's that's like the the kind of like base level instinct that i think uh, a lot of people are kind of participating in the thing with and then yeah. like you say there's there's all these characters many many different sort of more sort of more savvy characters with with like less noble views i guess it would be the thing right and that's that's, very true and and it's not just like one faction of them either right there's sort of multiple things going on um well this is is why this is why i like to emphasize sort of like the, the general collapse of legitimacy aspect of this as well like because like that's another big part of what people are sort of like standing up to to kind of make noise about is like, you know, it's it, you know, it's not my style, but like I understand why people are gonna like go out and, and scream at the cops about about like basically their frustrations with with yeah. everything that's been happening over the past few years, right? and 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 over the past year uh, in particular. but but like then that kind of genuine outpouring of energy, there's many factions trying to seize that into their own sort of more parochial uh right right narratives and so you get this like almost like anti-white race war version of like the woke thing you get the like corporate wokeness thing you get the you get like the the sort of like these big fear narratives like oh yeah they're they're coming to like burn down your house like right uh (laughs) like everyone's trying to stoke fear and like uh, right, which is know, which do, is absurd. I mean,
1: I I haven't seen any. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen anybody. Uh, you know, uh, people have gone after big box stores and pharmacies and other things like that, and that is that is regrettable and reprehensible. But I, I even even the criminal opportunists who use this sort of thing as cover uh, haven't stooped as low as going yeah. after residential. Uh, Neighborhoods yet, right? And yeah, that's that's definitely a boogeyman sort of thing that's been been schlepped by a lot of folks in right wing media.
0: Well, I think this is the thing is like these are all kind of boogeyman like operations. Like like all of these big narratives we've seen around this thing uh, have this aspect of like blowing something way out of proportion and then like mobilizing a bunch of people in reaction to it Um, and. And on, on that's like sort of they're all trying to redirect this this sort of more fundamental energy of of like, you know, again, the, the positive read is like solidarity and like anger at, at corruption and, and dysfunction. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, so that's that's like I, I think this is something people miss when like I see people analyzing this as if it's like, you know, it's a monolithic big conspiracy to like pull off some communist coup or like yeah, it's a monolithic big conspiracy to like impose white supremacy and like a few people fighting back against it or like right you know some some like grand new awakening that's going to be a great thing and like we're bringing in the new utopia like like there's these 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 monolithic narratives of the thing right. and it's just not how it's working it's like not there's at all. spontaneous outpouring of energy with many different many different mostly mostly like totally legitimate motivations and then being like redirected into these various like you know let less less nice things
1: right right and and you know i i want to i want to be i want to be very clear about the notion that you know i i do think um popular outrage is absolutely justified at you know at at a lot of these um you know at a lot of these these incidents i mean you know this hasn't this the, this uh you know the the general public I think has become much more aware of of, of police brutality, uh, particularly or you know the police brutality directed at, at black folks uh, over the last few years. but you know this is a problem that has existed since the advent of modern policing. Um, yeah, well, in, I mean I mean and places. it comes up and it comes up every now and then, right? And Right, right, right. But and it I, I usually guess, like, is connected with video though, right? Like you know
0: the Rodney right. King riots were connected right, exactly. with video. You know, the the um But I mean we had a lot of we had a lot of like incidents of this kind of thing, I mean a little bit different but like similar operations just a lot more brutal on every dimension actually in the 60s. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like like you know both in the in the initial incidents and in the subsequent reactions to them
1: yeah I, this and, is, and the, I, the fire this, the fire hose videos changed a lot of minds i mean when the fire hose videos went on abc and you saw you know you saw uh you know civil rights marchers getting thrown 20 feet through the air with by a you know by a hose uh, mm-hmm. blast you know or or getting chewed up by a you know by an attack dog that really, you know, that really changed a lot of minds that really shifted, you know, that Mm -hmm. really shifted Mm -hmm. public opinion. And now we're getting something like that every few days. I mean, I'd encourage the listeners to go look at to go watch that. um, The video of uh, of Jacob Blake um, getting shot by a a cop in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, It just sort of gives you an idea of of the uh, uh, the degree of impunity, which uh, I think police Departments have become accustomed to, and which absolutely must end. If we, you know, if we don't, if we don't abolish the police, or if we don't get rid of, um, you know, the modern policing in its current form, and at least in certain communities, uh, one thing that absolutely must happen, uh, in my view, to maintain any sort of, um, you know, state legitimacy whatsoever, uh, particularly in minority communities, uh, is that the impunity needs to end. Um, security state impunity needs to end because if if people can just go and uh, you know shoot somebody seven times in the back and get suspended and not immediately fired or charged there is no law you know there there, there may mm-hmm. be the there may be the the, well, uh, the, there- the 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 clothing of law and order draped on top of something but it's definitely not draped on top of law and order itself
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it's like there's it's really difficult to judge what's happening in the moment. And there's yeah. many, many of these incidents. And so, like, I think what happens, I mean, the reason the, the impunity thing was there in the first place is because, uh, like, there's just going to be so many of these incidents that that like to handle them through that normal sort of criminal procedure uh, of, of like, you know, charge and figure it out with the court and so on. Is it just becomes like unwieldy and debilitating? Well, wow, it's unwieldy and, like, and
1: debilitating because our justice system sucks.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's that's obviously the thing that needs to get fixed, right? Right. Right. Um, but but uh, I mean, what what I'm getting at here is like I think what happens without that is like that kind of just kills policing as we know it. Like like I basically I I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not going to make judgments on the particular cases just because like I often like you see them go, you know, the initial incident. There's the reaction to the initial incident. You know, it looks really bad or it looks looks okay, or whatever. And then like more information comes out. It looks totally different. Like these things, these things change over time. The individual incidents are hard to judge. But like structurally, I can see that, um, you know, whatever without something like. I, I mean, to to basically change that to eliminate these incidents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you actually do have like a, a large, a high level of sort of chaos on the streets, yeah, um, is is going to be very difficult. And and to eliminate that, like one way to eliminate it is, as they say, just defund the police. No more police, and then you have, right. you know, uh, you know, miss miss the gentleman, uh, Mister Raz. Uh, in, in the chat like running around, doing doing Air, the same Air, fucking Airbnb, thing. Air, Airbnb superhost Raz Simone, <laughs> right, yes, okay running around doing the same fucking thing. I, I mean, people ex- were joking sorry, excuse that was, my, excuse my language. People but like, people
1: were joking that he's speed running state capacity. Uh, right right right. From- <laughs> no,
0: I, I think I think I think the underlying story is like there is a high level of chaos on the streets and and in in like a certain level of chaos there are going to be these incidents where like some serious injustice is done. Sure. Um or at least what looks like serious injustice. And in some sense like my pessimistic take is that any reform is just shuffling around of blame. And and like this is I think one of the things that our system is pretty bad at. uh is like we sort of put a very high standard on the 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 agents of the state and then like freak out when there's any kind of interaction with chaos that inherently ends up being kind of chaotic and then we say okay we're not doing that anymore we wash our hands of Uh, it and then there's a bunch of chaos and then it's it's of like a decentralized variety and suddenly it becomes okay right like well like and, and and that's like I think the fact that we don't measure, you know, people getting robbed and killed and tortured right. and so on as a result of like just general criminal chaos, we don't measure that the same way as we do with with like you know police adjacent chaos. Just right. means that like some kind of shell game is being played with well with
1: blame. But what what's happening here though is that is that is that the the police policing is at the root of why the chaos exists in the first place. The the. You know folks uh folks revolting or at least at least folks... the, like,
0: the like inappropriateness of that particular institution but i think well, if you just get rid of it you have to replace it with something to actually right. fix the problem
1: right right i mean my 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 view with you know in in chicago in particular where i've been involved in in the process and you know where I've likely will continue to be um you know the the a lot of the sloganeering around um, defunding the police I think is a little bit misguided. I think it it uh, you know it it uh, pushes away the white moderate in certain respects, and that's not something you want to do if, if actual political change is your object. Um,
0: yeah, well, your I mean, or the, or the black moderate the, or any moderate. Like like from what I've seen, like uh, sure, most yeah. normal most normal people are like, wait, that's a crazy idea. Well.
1: Uh, I mean, less than you might think here, just because the the police are legitimately that bad and always have been. Okay, yeah, maybe Um, I don't
0: know. Maybe maybe Chicago's different. Yeah, speaking sort of more generally.
1: uh, Yeah, and this is a this is a something that needs to be settled on a city by city basis, right? Because it's a city by city problem. You know, you you have absolutely. You know, you have um, you you know, I I think I think one of the things that folks in the burbs don't really understand is how. Um, little they actually are policed um, and how little they are subjected to policing as opposed to other forms of uh, you know other forms of uh, situational de- escalation or other other things like that yeah other forms um, of
0: social control i mean yeah yeah and and i think that i think that uh, i mean i have i've joked that that like uh, suburbs are already a prison so uh, that's, well that's like, sure
1: i mean it's you like can in make in the it. sense
0: of it's just like <laughs> they they just they just isolate people from each other there they, isn't that much actual do. social fabric happening so they, like there's yeah. not as much potential for incidents. Right.
1: Right. 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 And, you know, the atomization of American life is a topic for another time. But I I think that, you know, the 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 folks in the cities really do have a a legitimate, you know, a legitimate case for their particular police departments um, being, uh, you know, being disbanded and replaced by you know, mm. replaced by something else. Um, you know, what that something else is, uh, is, you know, is, is up for debate. I can assure you that, that the, uh, the people of Chicago would not receive a, um, you know, woke commissariat, uh, uh, well, um, I think that that's sort of Tucker, Tucker Carlson, uh, uh, branded, um, uh, you know, like left-wing, left-wing enforcer, uh, fever dream is is awfully silly um just because yeah but i mean even even
0: just even besides like what people would accept like what yeah. i'm seeing with this whole you know like woke commissar acceleration whatever is like a lot of people are fearing that kind of scenario where it's some takeover and it's like the, you know they've got all these commissars running around checking your papers comrade and like right it it I, I don't see that happening institutionally, not even because people wouldn't accept it or they wouldn't be allowed, but simply because they couldn't pull it off. The
1: right like, has way too many guns.
0: Well, well there's <laughs> I mean, that. There's let's that. just
1: let's just get down to the very basics of it. Look, no, there no, is, but I, no socialist no, I mean, revolution is happening in the United States purely because the American the American right and American liberals even are just way too heavily armed. for Yeah, that yeah. To, so that's that's,
0: that's like some kind of like totally <laughs> illegitimate. That's some sort of like totally illegitimate uh, like imposition where where it's yeah. like regarded as illegitimate. Right. But I, but I think I no. I'm I'm talking like even even supposing you know hegemonic control over the media and everyone regards it as legitimate and like you know everyone's brainwashed and bamboozled and so on and like this is all the things that everyone that these people fear even with all of those premises, you still are missing the key thing, which is do they have the the sort of dynamism and institutional capacity to actually build new institutions that are are functional enough to be scary?
1: No um, I, I don't I don't think they I don't really expect to, that. Well it depends on what you define by institutions right So I, I would say that people um, people especially liberals, and when i say liberals i'm, I'm making that state I'm, I'm distinguishing liberals from you know like left left progs or left progressives sure. or you know other folks um i, I think uh, especially liberals really underestimate the degree of organization that that the hard left has um and how well kitted up they are to you know a, for a variety of different situations you know by my by my rough estimate, there are probably around 5,000 members of the Social Rifle Association or John Brown Drum Club or associated groups um, that you could call um, a competent militia force. And then there's probably another mm-hmm. zero tacked on behind that. Of people Mm -hmm. who would be able to join an organization like that and become an effective insurgent force within within just a few weeks so to the extent that i think they could build uh institutions that would be particularly productive um i i don't think that that the american left has that ability right now but i think they already have the ability to um you know to to field uh institutions that are you know, or maybe not institutions, but militias certainly, and guerrilla groups certainly, and insurgent cells certainly, uh, that could cause an enormous amount of damage. And of course, we've known that this is true about the right for years, right? Yeah. You know, so
0: let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I, yeah. I, you've you've sort of kept interesting, like, good tabs on on the interesting uh, things happening in in like these these militia circles. Like, who's yeah. got the guns? Who's got the training? Yeah. Who's actually yeah. out there exercising? stuff yeah. like that like and and this actually brings back one of the things that has been coming up repeatedly over the summer, which is we had an article uh, I don't know a year or two ago on basically um, the possibility of mass political violence in America and and we uh, this article on Palladium took the position that um, mass political violence was not likely to happen because of the sort of general, sort of psychological disarmament of of uh of the american public Hmm. and and like generally kind of like decreasing tolerance for for that kind of thing over time even uh, even as compared like uh, as compared to the 60s for example where where things actually did uh get into some more of that stuff but was this chris Dalkey's piece uh kevin dahlke yeah okay gotcha yeah. And, and so that, that piece was something that we had. And so there's been a lot of questions over this summer like, well, in light of sort of recent developments, how much is this sort of still uh, a reasonable take or, or is that going to need to be revised? So I'd love to kind of have that conversation yeah. now and and talk about, like, how much do we actually expect there to be sort of mass political violence versus or, or like, you know, localized insurgency or, yeah. or, or, you know, or just like random kind of gang stuff or, or like what, what we're seeing with the sort of Soviet or the, sorry, the socialist yeah. r- rifle association with, with kind of like having a well-regulated militia that can take control of a piece of the city for a little while.
1: Oh, uh, I, I, I'm using I think that for various aspects, yeah. like,
0: like what do we actually expect to see here? And, and what are the sort of underlying structural forces that could push for and against this? I, I I'd think, love to hear your take on
1: that. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, so for first for starters, to you know to to give all you know all due credit to to Kevin, I I, I actually would have agreed with this take. Um, you know that mass political violence was extremely unlikely um, in you know when when the piece was published right after mm-hmm. the election in twenty in twenty eighteen, because uh, my impression of the direction of things was you know was that. Uh, We were probably headed towards, um, you know, the Democrats successfully removing Trump um, via Hmm. the impeachment process, Uh, not just because, um, you know, Trump is a just blithering buffoon and is almost certainly committing like a felony a day, at least just without. Trying, uh, <laughs> you know, like there, the, there's just there are so many pieces of paperwork that I know for a fact are not going or that are, are not being completed the way they're supposed to be completed in the White House right now. Like, you know, all, all that aside, I, I was I was convinced that that um, you know either a, a coronary uh, or a you know either a coronary or a impeachment removal would uh, would end his presidency pretty pretty shortly thereafter. Um, the Democrats are also astonishingly incompetent um, and were unable to they, they basically they basically, uh, uh, you know, used the Russiagate fantasy um, mm-hmm. to write their case against Trump and, you know, consequently didn't remove him. So I I, I actually yeah, I actually would have agreed with this at, at the time, but my, my views have changed somewhat over the not somewhat. My views have changed completely since since then um, because of the. Uh, I just looking deeper into the capabilities of organizations that um, that would participate in some sort of violent action. Um, it, they changed also, you know, my views also changed because you know we've seen over the course of the last six months that the American government is, um, you know, at at most levels, uh, you know, municipal all the way up to federal. Uh, is you know is drained of its capacity to solve problems mm-hmm. within a you know that that require it operating yeah, yeah. on a tight OODA loop.
0: Mind you, that's that's uh, that's not necessarily like the the national guard or the military, which might be involved if there was uh, serious unrest.
1: Well, okay, so I don't think the the national guard or the military has has the legitimacy to go put anything down.
0: Um, yeah, that, I, I think I, I think mean, it look really at what does happened come, in DC, you know, they, I think they, it really does come down to legitimacy. Um, yeah, yeah Yeah, absolutely uh, because like if 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 the government has the legitimacy and, and the, the military and so on has the legitimacy, then they can Pull it off. I think I think these groups uh, like if they can if if the elite and the people in control of narratives and and like just generally people's understanding turns against you know whatever little armed operation no matter how armed yeah. i think i think you know the government has demonstrated the the sort of willingness and capability to waco people and so on um but but the question is, is the legitimacy
1: right yeah i don't think they have the legitimacy to do that i i think uh i think for a very brief window as the you know as the floyd protests were descending into you know into at least you know again I, i'm going to keep coming back to chicago a lot because one, I think it's a good object lesson of how an actual large city deals with this sort of stuff, and two, mm-hmm. um, I've been on the ground for most of this. Right. Um, but uh, in Chicago, if uh, you know, after night one of of you know the really bad unrest, um, you know where where the gangs realized that CPD had essentially just retreated to the loop, uh, had the National Guard gone out and put an rap on every major street corner and just sat there and told everybody, "All right, chill out." I think they would have. I think they would have earned themselves an enormous amount of legitimacy from basically everybody. Uh, but but they didn't do that. You know, they instead uh, they instead uh, plugged directly into the decision making apparatus of the state security. Uh, uh, you know, of the state security agencies that um, you know that that were involved in uh, putting you know in, in attempting to put the re- unrest down. Um, you know, in a more brutal and uh, targeted manner. And uh, you know, and now and now everybody uh, marching past, uh, you know, marching past uh, uh, the line of police cars is yelling, you know, fuck, fuck twelve, you know, fuck the police, but also yelling fuck the National Guard, right? <laughs> because the National Guard are now perceived as just another extension of the police. Now this also right. isn't helped by the fact that you know you also have federal agents running around who are indistinguishable from a distance from National Guard. Um, you know, I I, I think that one thing we're going to have to deal with over the coming years is the just the how people no longer trust a man in camo anymore. Um, nor yeah, should the, they.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is uh, this comes back to the whole question of uniforms, right? Like, oh my god! Like, why why were uniforms ever adopted in the first place? Well, it's so that your force can be brand separated from all the other whatever the hell is going on yeah uh yeah identifiable in chaotic situations right because actually you do want to be identifiable in chaotic situations you're not always fighting some you know desert desert warfare where some guys just like totally it's not where it's like totally escalated some guys yeah it's outside. not the
1: it's not the freaking fold a gap i mean you don't need to be <laughs> you don't need to be in full battle rattle to go put down a riot you need a helmet and a vest and something blue to identify you as yeah. a police officer no and, and ideally <laughs> ideally
0: like you know you should not be sort of presenting yourself as as like a a, a fully escalated instrument of death which is you know, the camo says but but right as 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 like an instrument of order right so you therefore like a more crisp uniform a more respectable look like you know something like okay good i'm i'm glad that has arrived right yeah Not, not like oh shit the situation has escalated that far uh, like, like these are the different vibes on, on like how they present themselves,
1: right? My, my near-term, uh, uh, disciplinary, uh, action that I would like to apply to every police department in America is to make them wear neon coveralls like they do in Europe and then make them have, uh, sirens that sound lame. But, uh, <laughs> beyond, beyond that, I, I actually I'd... do think that would help a little bit. Um, yeah, well, that's a different direction. But. Yeah, yeah. The the identifiability of of these forces is a huge issue, though, and I you know that's actually something I kind of want to dig into a little bit. The the way I'm getting numbers, like you know, I think there are five thousand ish uh, SRI members who are serious business. The the way I'm getting that is by looking at the gear that uh, a lot of folks have purchased, and uh, looking at um, in particular uniform patches and other things like that uh, that have been flying off the shelves on little uh, uh, for example, yesterday I was uh, poking around um, Etsy, uh, which is a big for those of you who don't know, um, uh, or for guys who uh, whose girlfriends have not told them about this. Uh, Etsy is a place where you can buy home homemade goods and other things mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. uh, it's also a very lightly policed way of distributing uh, gear to people. And uh, one of the one of the stores on Etsy is called Dorner Tactical, which is. Named after the rogue uh, LAPD officer. Can't can't corner the Dorner. Yeah, yeah. The degree to which we can joke about that still is arguable because he did kill a lot of people. And then LAPD also killed a lot of people trying to get him. Um, and I am not a fan of either of those things, but, uh, mm-hmm. there's a group called Dorner tactical that is selling, um, that is selling, uh, AK 47 patches that have the, um, the Marxist version of the shall not be infringed lingo, which is under no pretext, shall the, you know, shall the proletariat be forced to, uh, you know, be forced right, to right, surrender right. his weapons, yada, yada, yada. Um, so yeah, they are. If, if even a small percentage of the thousands and thousands of people who have bought that patch are throwing it on a plate carrier, um, that's a, a very large number of, of, of people who have plate carriers. And if you've got a plate carrier set up, chances are you're probably also out there putting a couple hundred rounds down range a month, or you were before ammunition mm-hmm. became mm-hmm. super expensive. Um, you know, if you're doing that sort of thing, you're certainly talking to other groups of people. Um, part of the, you know, part of the reason you have patches like this in the first place is to identify, um, you know, is to identify friend from foe during, uh, you know, during dicey, uh, dicey street interactions um or or even combat situations so mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know I, I think that that that's one thing to keep an eye on is you know the number of people who are actually building out uniforms and wearing them i think also another thing though that you know to the to your point about uniforms earlier um we do need to keep an eye out for um for of lack of a better term, I, I don't like using this this term phrase because it's it's often associated with conspiracy theorists. But false flag operations, um, mm-hmm. you can buy a a Department of Homeland Security uniform patch for five dollars on Amazon. Wow! If you have a Department of Homeland Security uniform patch and a marpat and, and like marpat fatigues and an AR fifteen, you are not recognizably different from an actual Homeland Security officer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that means that just about any nutcase can go on Amazon, get you know, get go and prime himself a a, a stack of a stack of things that that you know that make him uh, you know in under a minute unrecognizably. Uh, or indistingu- indistinguishable from you know from from any actual law enforcement officer, and then and then that that nut can go uh, can, can go enforce whatever his version of the law is, uh, you know, on on various different situations, or go and shoot up a bunch of people and attribute it to to the feds, right. and that is that is um, that's something that you know occurs very frequently in. You know in in places that see uh lots of sustained unrest and you know it's yet another it's yet another thing that sort of subtly does impact state legitimacy i think a lot of people were mm-hmm. a lot of the concerns about the police grabbing people off the streets in portland um wasn't necessarily that that people were being arrested for throwing a brick at someone's face it was that people were being drag netted and and you know, essentially black bagged into into minivans by people who were not you know who were not distinguishable uh, right. in any meaningful way from a right wing paramilitary group. That that is a situation that is so damn dangerous that you know I I, I just you know I, I don't see any way in which you know given that that Murphy uh, that Murphy's Law is a thing that mm-hmm. uh that something like that doesn't happen down the line and you know and when So this
0: I mean but this this all sort of depends on uh like let's talk about the dynamics here like something has to get kicked off where there is this like more escalated situation people people running around with guns maybe people shooting uh maybe people starting to feel frantic enough that they're pulling these kind of stunts Yeah, Um, and you know, partially this has been happening already, but but so far, like, largely symbolic. There's been a few street brawls and so on, a few riots, but um, like, what 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 do we think it would take to kind of like kick the kick the sort of escalation level to the to the next level? And then ten committed nutcases. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, ten committed nutcases could do it. Yeah could do a hell of a lot. Like, if you know, if you gave me 10 committed nut cases and told me to cause some chaos, I'm sure we could figure some stuff out. But like, yeah. the, the thing is like, there aren't necessarily people motivated and coordinated to do that. Um, well,
1: Look at the Zarnaev brothers.
0: Like, there's sort a, of, right. Well, the Tsarnaev brothers shut down the entire Boston
1: metro area for, mm-hmm. for several days. Like the just just two guys, neither of them were technically bright. But that's like bright. that's
0: Al Qaeda, right? Like it, it's not yeah. just two guys, right? It's 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 two what? guys with Inspire magazine, like yeah, in, yeah. reading a, like do it yourself bomb plot, right? Right, right, right. And, this is how you put ball bearings and
1: nails into a pressure cooker, yada yada.
0: Right, and and so like that thing, that that sort of like terrorist social script existed right and there was a bunch yeah. of people kind of hooked into it and and so what i'm wondering is like what's the thing that gets us to that sort of level if anything uh over the next while because like yeah. remember part of part of kevin's argument was was that you know there really isn't the the state has actually kind of succeeded in shutting down anything domestically that is like that that, that would yeah. kind of escalate to those sort of terroristic methods and furthermore that if once those methods are starting to get deployed uh or or like once there's sort of any kind of escalation happening the it's it's sort of rapidly self-extinguishing because people are like mm-hmm. oh wait holy shit uh actually we want this thing to stop and so this is like I'm trying to, like, sort of reason out the scenario by which things could actually get get out of hand. Now, I'm not saying it's unlikely because, simply because, like, I think we're, you know, as we've been discussing, we're kind of in this somewhat uncharted territory politically. Right, right. But, But I think we do have to have sort of a more concrete hypothesis of, you know, if things are going to escalate, what the kind of causal mechanisms look like and how the governors get disabled, so to speak. Like right. the, there are a lot of governors on these processes yeah that, yeah, keep, yeah, that keep it in the kind of spectacle mode rather than the like, oh shit, things are getting real mode. Right.
1: Well, I, I don't think there's necessarily any difference between real and spectacle, right? Like, you know, there's, there is reality. And then, and then that either gets inflated into spectacle or deflated into, you know, into as into a nothing burger that it might not mm-hmm. actually have been. You know, by how the press reacts to it, um, I think the disintermediation of the press is a big factor here. If a lot of people
0: see, um, you know, uh, you mean again with all this, these all these groups having their own sort of like information supply lines,
1: well, yeah, 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 that. But also, also the so let's go back to like propaganda of the deed, right? You know, and the right. idea of propaganda of the deed. You know, the 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 notion that that uh, uh, nothing really beats a you know, uh, a, a clear demonstration of capability. Every group of people in America knows now that uh, if you piss off enough people, that group of people can walk up to a police precinct and burn it down. This has happened in multiple cities. This has happened in, um, you know, in, in ways that have spun out of control very rapidly. And in at least a few places, it's given birth to things like the Chaz uh, or the Chop or whatever the heck name they came up with it i think they were changing the yeah. name every other day for various reasons but you know autonomous zones it, it can result in things like that you know that's 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 a a an element of the that that's something that wasn't in place a few months ago you know that mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't the implicit cost of brutally murdering people you know, one of your citizens, if you're, you know, if you're a cop is, and now it's, and now it's almost sort of established among at least some people that the, that, that the, you know, the asshole tax to, you know, for lack of a better word for going and for going and um, brutalizing or murdering, you know, a member of the public is that, you you know, the, the public then goes and burns the police precinct down. Well, mm-hmm. I, now I do not think this is a healthy dynamic by any means, no. but you know it's a dynamic that is certainly in play now, and very nearly happened last night in Kenosha. I don't know if you have seen the videos yet, but uh, there was a there was, there was a standoff. There was a standoff between a uh, multiracial uh, group of people, many of whom had plate carriers and rifles, uh, and were not identifi- identifiably part of the SRA, which is super interesting. Um, they uh, they they faced off and ran and chased off a uh, uh, they faced off with and chased off a um, an armor personnel carrier mm-hmm. full of cops. I, I mean that that is and and now that video is going to go make its way around the internet and more and more people will say, oh well, you know, if I if if I get a bunch of my buddies together and we decide that we want to go run the police off of a, you know, of a street corner or something else like that, that is a totally totally doable thing. And and all of a sudden the you know, now now the you know, the the norm has been broken and and more and more people realize that you know that that the threshold of organization required to do uh you know, to to either uh, take control of territory or to do a great deal of
0: damage is really really low. Um, so let me let me give the the sort of counterpoint on all this, which yeah, is yeah. like let's let's go up a meta level. Uh, like like certainly the dynamics you're describing have have happened. Like you know we see we see that people are able to. Uh, pull off these stunts in these particular circumstances yeah. um, and and that certainly is a change on on the rules so to speak um, w- with respect to a few months ago. Yeah and but but if you pop up a meta level, like this isn't entirely an uncontrolled process either, right? This is happening on a legitimacy landscape that yeah. is at least partially uh, coordinated in in a relatively coherent fashion. And, you know, there there is, there are groups, uh, in many cases, well-funded, coordinated groups, even uh, sort of elite groups, basically able to run narrative shaping on this mm-hmm. whole thing, which is able, which is still like one aspect of, of sort of a major uh, control system mm-hmm. that that is able to kind of like Set what the boundaries are here and set sort of who's allowed to do what like it's not just that that like oh Yeah, you can go and you can go and like turn away the police if you have enough rifles Like everyone sort of already knew that the the, the new thing is oh, you're allowed to do that Uh, Hmm. It's to some extent and and that's because of the legitimacy environment, which which is very much so this comes back to the question of media who's who kind of like who has sort of like influence in the media how much is the media still a coherent thing versus disintermediated by all these other channels etc so there's that question and so going up a meta level I would say like we're still dealing with an environment that has many governing like governor mechanisms right this isn't sure this isn't like oh we just realized that we're in like a, a, a no rules uh, escalation environment where we can kind of do whatever we want as long as we have a couple buddies and some rifles it's it's the that if you follow this particular pattern of action which has been legitimized by a particular narrative arc uh then you can do that right and and so that's i think a way in which like you know you can either put sort of a conspiracy narrative on that like oh yeah man like they, they just kind of you know they they changed the rules on us and like this is the Mm -hmm. new normal and like it's the elite just kind of throwing the cops under the bus or another narrative is like you know that it's about this this kind of legitimacy thing it had to have this like kind of national conversation around these these various things um but like whatever way you kind of narrativize that i don't think you can make a, a a like total chaos narrative in the sense of of like that 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 anything goes. And so we have to right. then take into account the strength of those governing mechanisms. Are they likely to be broken, or are they likely to go and point towards some direction of increasing escalation? Yeah, which you know that's that is plausible. Um or, or are they basically going to retain control of the situation by whatever means whereby when things start to get crazy, the narrative starts to be, oh, actually, the stuff is not legit and the National Guard needs to shut you down and they're a bunch of heroes. Right. Um, and, and like – so so that's like you know popping up a narrative like a meta level there's there's a bunch of these other control mechanisms still in place yeah. that can control this like this street situation and that's just the media one right there's also going to be a bunch of things with undercover cops inside these groups with funding with with like you know um Various various ways that that like the ambient institutional landscape can collaborate with or disrupt these various happenings. Um, right. like I don't think this stuff is necessarily fully autonomous, right? It's embedded in an institutional landscape. Well, with, with vulnerabilities and and yeah. supports. Um, I, just, I, I don't. Anyway, I, so I'm just throwing I'm just yeah, throwing some yeah, yeah. stuff at you that that like the situation may look. I I, I actually let me let me just put like one big cherry on top of this, which is, I think, as a general point about how politics works in liberal society, specifically American society, the thing always looks more out of control than it actually is. It always looks more like you can just go and do the thing that seems to have been working on TV and like you can just get away with that. And and like maybe even when you first start it, it feels like it's working, but there's always like more depth in in the, the sort of regime defense right. than you're actually seeing. Well, and and so that's like what I would throw at this is just like sure. th- there's this sense of like an invisible defense in depth of the of the current order.
1: Well, so the current order relies on 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 providing specific concrete things for you know, to, to maintain its legitimacy. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, I mean, I mean that at the level of security, which we've been talking about, right, obviously, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, which it has been failing in, in a lot of, in a lot of different dimensions, particularly if you live in a big city. Um, but there's also stuff like, you know, the, the uh, American, the, you know, the American system of government, is uh, has its, uh, you know, ha- has its uh, uh, legitimacy degraded by the fact that uh, health care is very difficult to get here uh, uh-huh. or expensive to get, uh, you know, it's it's degraded whenever, um, you know, whenever the uh, response to something like uh, grid down situation, um, you know, that we're likely about to have in uh, East Texas, uh, you know, due to the due to the, the incoming hurricane um, or, or is it a tropical storm? I'm not sure. Not that it's really relevant. And anyway, we're recording this on, on the 24th of August and, you know, hurricane season is barreling down on us right now and so on. You know, the uh, so the state, you know, the, the state, the state has to provide certain things for it to be considered legitimate. Now, the thing is, though, that so many of those systems are not really failure proofed at all, particularly things like the electrical grid or like our communication systems that. That some sort of group just looking to stir shit could very easily go knock them down. There's this article uh, by a gentleman named Bill St. Clair. Um, I think he may have passed away uh, a few years ago, but uh, the article from 2013, and it and it goes through um, it goes through sort of the the evolution of the um, of the anti anti material rifle uh, mm-hmm. and how the anti material rifle sort of went from you know a a uh, 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 a World War One necessity for taking out tanks to a, you know to something that is you know that was sort of secondary and not particularly useful in the era of you know in, in, during World War II and then and then you know something that came back uh, you know as a as a tool of choice for special forces units down the you know uh, down the line in the 1980s and through till today, um, and he goes through uh, the use of uh, rifles in an anti-material context. Um,
0: against power grid uh, targets in the United States. Yeah, I mean, you shoot a you shoot an armor-piercing round through a power transformer, and that, that's the end of that.
1: You shoot any kind of round through a power transformer, and that's the end of that. Like, doesn't even need to be power. Uh, uh, doesn't even need to be um, armor-piercing. Like the um, the one of the specific situations that he that he uh, breaks down is uh, it was an attack in uh, uh, Metcalf, California, which is just south of San Jose. There's a power transformer station that got hit by um, you know by uh, by a guy with a sixty two by thirty nine you know marksman rifle. Um, guy or guys. Uh and uh they they brought the power station down during the middle of the night. No one ever found them, no one was ever able to connect anything to to them. Uh no statement mm-hmm. was ever made. You know, just some people came in and knocked out power in part of California. You know, right. uh uh the you know the um, a lot of the if you if you really want to like chill your blood look at some of the uh, post 9/11 threat assessments of basic infrastructure um that were done by uh, the you know the then infant department of homeland security back in the day when they were you know actually focusing on homeland security and not on you know and not on being a uh, sort of unofficial gendarmerie mm-hmm. um you know the the uh, the point is that the threshold for causing enough chaos to delegitimize state institutions is way lower than we might think. And a motivated group of people just needs to push a little bit to cause a lot, just to, to cause an enormous amount of chaos. 10 or 15 people can go and uh, shut down an entire region. You know, the Zarnaev brothers, mm-hmm. just the two of them who are not particularly bright. And yes, they did have access to bomb making material and you know and like bomb making information and other things like that, but you know, so so does So does half of the angsty teenagers in the United States, right? Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, They, <laughs> sort know, of, they the were sort able of, to shut down Boston for a
0: week. Yeah, the sort of pessimistic case here is is like You know all it takes is a uh, one competent person to go school shooter mindset on this uh, Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, we do see a lot of people going that way
1: Right. Uh, well, but- the, the the guy the guy in in Dallas back in 2016 uh, the the Dallas the Dallas uh, uh, so this was not a BLM march but it was sort of like a proto BLM march. A lot of police had showed up in solidarity with the protesters because the Dallas Police Department um, has actually made some pretty serious improvements in recent years and has been very intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, a black ethnonationalist nutcase uh, came through there and he had some basic infantry training and he was able to kill, I think, a half dozen police officers before the cops eventually had to go get him with a grenade because he had holed up in it because he had holed up in a complete, you know, in a very defensible position in a freaking parking garage, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he was able to, uh, you know, the, the one one terrorist was able to essentially shut down you know the the greater dallas area for an extended for an extended period of time he was able to strike yeah. fear into the hearts of a ton of people and he was not particularly competent was not particularly well prepared kind of just you know so on just, the
0: on the competent and well prepared front like again yeah. i think this comes back to the question of like what is actually going to sort of escalate these groups um to the point of like like generally when you have multiple people involved especially multiple competent people there's going to be yeah. it's going to take you know some narrative whereby they actually accomplish their political goals or, or their whatever goals wow. uh, by, by use of yeah. these means so, so there's there's got to be there's got to be like some some sort of reason for it yeah. generally like as, as you get to a bigger and more competent group the, it has to operate on like more and more rationality it can't yeah. just be like i'm lashing out against society um, so if the
1: Harris administration decides to go after firearms, it will cause exactly what we're talking about.
0: Potentially. Um, I mean, I've certainly heard a lot of people making those claims. On the other hand, you know, if I was in charge of a gun grab, uh, not that I would do that, but but like, I, I think I could do a lot better than than all the naive expectations that I've seen floating around of how it would go down. But that's that's a whole other scenario, like basically my point being that I think I think that a motivated state uh, that actually wants to do one of these things has itself a a lot of strategy that it can employ that that can help marginalize the people who go against it and 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 pull off its its uh, its objectives but yeah. but so the the question anyways but, let but me, this let is the same thing yeah, let me get back to my yeah, my yeah. my argument here so we've yeah. got we've got um there's the question of like the legitimacy of any of these individual actors that or small groups that might like pull off some sort of terroristic threat but i think i think more generally there's this there's this problem of what does the state need legitimacy for like suppose legitimacy does kind of collapse In the sense that people are like, wow, the government is really incompetent and like not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I sure wish we had a government and stuff like this. The question is like, what kind of changes in that scenario? What actually like does is there some alternative that people can turn to is there some other sort of mode of social structure that will get pushed in does the chaos actually help anybody uh does the chaos actually unseat the government and the general control mechanisms that Mm -hmm. that systems of power have and sort of that, that sort of set of questions and and my estimation of the situation is that the power structure, not necessarily le- the legitimacy of the thing, I think the legitimacy of the thing is it tatters to some degree, but the actual power structure itself is fairly strong and, and and can withstand a lot of sort of general chaos and and loss of legitimacy and so on. And I think sort of the way I would project out what happens with a loss of legitimacy and... And a sort of collapse of social order or whatever with all these militia groups running around. Like if there's something like that happened, the way the way I kind of expect that to go is like that just sort of becomes the new normal. Or we sort of somehow managed to construct a new normal out of that that involves, you know, some shifts in on the ground power. But largely there's still this overarching power structure that that. Um, is is basically linked up with the government. Hmm. and And so I think that basically we shouldn't infer too much from a loss of legitimacy, especially not like sort of localized losses of legitimacy. Sure. Given that like where a loss of legitimacy really starts to have teeth is where there's some concrete alternative. And without a concrete alternative, the loss of legitimacy is just people becoming jaded about the shitty society that they live in.
1: Well, the, and, there doesn't, like, there doesn't and, need to be a single a single alternative, though, and I think mm-hmm. any alternative that's likely to be presented to you know the the legitimacy of of what is essentially one big monolithic federal state at this point um, is is a you know whatever alternative that's likely to be presented or any alternative that's likely to work if it's presented um, is is a situation where a you know where we we default to a much looser form of federalism, um, you know we. I I think I think a lot of I think a lot of folks I mean that, you know, that's that's sort of the that's that's how we broke out when it became clear that that the federal response to coronavirus, you know, just essentially was failing to launch, Um, you know, that you started to see uh, states uh, creating these um, just openly unconstitutional but uh, necessary uh, interstate um, economic coordination pacts. The, The likely outcome here, I think, of. You know, some sort of like massive loss in state legitimacy, and then you know things deteriorated into what we might colloquially call the boog, uh, if you will. I, I think what that is going to look like is a lot more like uh, you know northern Northern Ireland during the Troubles, rather than you know rather than the border states during the American Civil War, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to you're going to see things, uh, you know, break down into a patchwork neighborhood by neighborhood, uh, city by city. Um, you're going to see things be more in control in one place and less in control in another. Uh, you know, we'll keep the forms of American government. And I think a lot of folks will probably try and pretend like we still have the same form of government um, or sorry, that we still have the same functional government. Um, but, you know, in reality, power will have power will have uh, been split out between, you know, a, a bunch of different little armed groups and, you know, and and I. Uh, uh, certainly on the left, but probably on the right as well, uh, organizations that are vying to be some sort of legitimate local authority. you know the left has the left has a long history of doing that you know in in the case of uh, folks like the zapatistas like in in southern mm-hmm. mexico you know they' they've been doing it successfully for years and not only that they provide a much higher quality of life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to people than the Mexican government does um
0: you know so yeah, I, and and, I, and like <laughs> let lest anyone think that that's that you know Mexico's irrelevant to to here like I know there's and I don't know how extensive this is, but there's something of a, sort of a revolving door between like the left activist groups in, in, uh, in America and, and like those, those groups. Cause I remember like I used to hang out with, with, uh, some of these kind of, uh, anarchist characters and they yeah. were always like it, it, Now I, I wasn't that aware of things at the time, but it sure did seem like there was, there was a lot of socialization going on between right. these groups.
1: Well, and, and, you know, they, they have and, and you know, therefore
0: of like trading of, of techniques and, and yeah. uh, so on.
1: Well, I would, I would encourage I would encourage anybody who hasn't to read Carlos Marighella's uh, The Mini Manual of the Urban Gorilla. Uh If you want to see the tactics that are likely to be employed by a left insurgency in the United States, um, you know, that book lays it out. Extremely well. If you want to look at the tactics likely to be employed by a libertarian insurgency in the United States, look to the Bundys. If you want to look at the tactics like likely to be employed by a right insurgency in the United States, well, look at the Klan. You know, and and uh, look, you know, look at look at the Klan in the you know in the first half of the twentieth
0: twentieth century. So well, I mean, none of that stuff exists anymore, right? Like the the, the like clan in the first half of the twentieth century. It's, well,
1: right, it's... and the clan, the clan in the first half of the twentieth century was essentially the the Dixiecrats' armed wing, right? Mm-hmm. And that that doesn't exist in that form anymore. But you know, you do now have a militia movement uh, in the United States, a hard right militia movement, as mm-hmm. distinct from as distinct from the militia movement broadly. But there's a hard right contingent of the militia movement that is um, that is absolutely very well organized, um, and that I think. People probably uh, uh, overestimate the degree to which it's, you know, it's penetrated by the police uh, and penetrated by state security agencies. A lot of those folks can operate under the radar uh, and without uh, mm. without significant interference from, from the state. Um, or they can go dark or they are under surveillance, but they can go dark very quickly. And in a situation yeah. where, where a lot of stuff is popping off at once, you won't see the same level of... Of efficiency in tracking these guys down, you know, when it was just the 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 um, a lot of people have forgotten that this happened, but you know, there was the 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 uh, the thing that people were were originally somewhat tongue in cheek calling the boog was this, you know, was was uh, sort of this the set of events around um, you know, around uh, uh threatened gun conf- confiscation in Virginia, where you know where you right. saw basically everybody to the right of the Clintons, uh, who owns a gun, say, hell no. And show up, you know, a bunch, a bunch of these people showed up to the Capitol, uh, uh, Virginia Capitol with, um, you know, with, with guns. And, uh, uh the feds ended up scooping up a, a couple Nazis who were coming down to, uh, to go start shit. And, uh, they, but they were only really able to do that because, you know, that was the focal point of unrest in the United States at the time. Was this, mm-hmm. you know, was this one square in Richmond, Virginia? Well, there is no focal point to the unrest now. Uh, state security resources are stretched are stretched incredibly thin right now. That not now they don't just need to be able to like, you know, make make Nazi activities legible. They need to be able to make make legible the activities of of a gajillion different uh you know different uh, different yeah, potential different, different armed groups. And if you look at like how well the mainstream reporting on groups like the Boogaloo boys, you know, who are a, a libertarian who are a libertarian and and uh sort of uh what I would call uh, moderate anarchists. So if you look at your, right. your Nolan chart there, they're, they're sort of anarchists. the bottom, they're the bottom middle. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not anarcho-communists and they're not, you know, they're not like, you know, uh, uh, post sadist eco anarchists whatever weird shit, you know, you want <laughs> to come up with. Yeah. Just weird stuff that exists only on the internet. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're they're mostly just mainline, mesian American libertarians, right? But they've, you know, they've they've all armed themselves up. But that, you know, the the they're reported on as though they were a white nationalist militia. I think right. a lot of the 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 reporting. Well, this, is, this is again tracks,
0: where 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 like the the legitimacy situation comes in, right? And I think like part sure. of the reason that they report on it that way is that like. You know, whatever whoever sort of still aligned with the media right. is seeing seeing these guys is like, okay, well they're a potential threat to us. They they're not controlled by us, so we'll just report on them as if they're the like total devil. Uh, and and you know that'll hopefully right. cause them to become a little bit stupider as they start associating with the people who actually are like that, or uh, otherwise we can shut them down at any time because sure. now the narrative is remade is pretty sure. Made.
1: I, so I, I think I think that that act, that absolutely is an aspect of it, but but there's also the issue of legibility, right? And I think generally a good a good barometer for how legible something is to the government is how legible it is to the New York Times or to the Economist right, or to a right, lot of these call. other organizations, and. Um, you see this in a in, in, uh, uh, terror bulletin, you know, like uh, domestic terrorism bulletins that the FBI and DHS put out. You know, they have a great deal of difficulty distinguishing between different anarchist groups. They have a great deal of difficulty distinguishing between left and right groups. They have a great deal of difficulty figuring out where their ass is in a well-lit room, quite frankly. And, and these groups are only proliferating. You know, they're becoming they're becoming fractally complex all over the place. Right. You know, there are schisms here and reunions there. You know, the one of the biggest uh, things that I one of the biggest stories that people I think have missed besides, you know, the armament of serious of serious no BS left wing groups um, is the is the reconciliation between right and left anarchists that's happened over the last year. Um, you know, you're, you're starting to see uh, people who you would normally associate with Bitcoin hanging out with people you would normally associate with, uh, you know, with, with uh, uh, showing their rear end to a row of cops at a, at a G8 protest. And right. when groups like that start talking, you know, the categories that, you know, that, that some sort of uh, midwit state security officer... Uh, can just slot people into so that he can go to a judge and say oh, these guys are doing something again and get a warrant for it. That becomes that much more complex,
0: and that's happening. Yeah, well, that, that, that's I mean that that's definitely uh, something that we've seen like the this this kind of um, redrawing of political boundaries. Like yeah. I, we saw this sort of with the sort of with the coronavirus, uh, yes. the initial sort of loss of legitimacy around the coronavirus, where Absolutely. suddenly like. People cared a lot less about about like left or right or whatever, and up or down
1: suddenly becomes the yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, right on on the political compass, or or like just otherwise, you know, there was pro mask, anti mask stuff like this, and that stuff eventually got recaptured by the kind of like established partisan narratives, but but it did kind of take a little while, and there was a sort of interesting moment where it wasn't captured by the partisan narratives. Um, and then I think, I think, yeah, we're seeing the same thing, um, in general through this whole chaotic situation. I think we're seeing, uh, people forming and breaking alliances that in in like an accelerated way and, and across lines that, that were not formally crossed and, and yes, combined with, combined with sort of the sluggishness of, uh, the security forces in, trying to follow these people around and figure out who's what it, it definitely is going to lead to some lack of legibility. Like I remember, I remember sort of remarking on this, this even like, like a year ago, maybe or more, uh, just noticing sort of when the cops are reporting on, on some of these like right or left wing groups where like, I actually have some closer observer kind of knowledge, uh, it it's just like wow they completely they're completely out of date the cops seem to be concerned with like this really small kind of thing from five years ago that that like nobody takes seriously and isn't a real thing even barely right uh as compared to like all this other stuff that's going on well yeah it's because that's how their budgets track
1: they they get put together into these task forces to go after groups that 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 can you know Sort of like William Gibson's Panther Moderns, right? Like you know, they they'll 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 emerge from nowhere and then disappear into nowhere nine months later, right? And and mm-hmm. it's impossible to actually go track, you know, when you're you know when the when the 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 remit of your task force is go after you know go after the Panther Moderns, if you will, right? Just to, to right. borrow something well, from well, the I William think, Gibson novel.
0: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting idea. I'm gonna have to check that out, but I think like. I want to I want to start summarizing the situation here because like we're sort of getting to the end of the time, sure, uh, sure. but but like the way I'm seeing it overall is like we're just on background expectations. We're likely to see sort of increasing chaos over the yeah. next years, possibly you know the next decade, just because of background institutional zombification, breakdown, stagnation, etc. And so that's my first kind of like baseline component to expectation. The second component is with Trump, with coronavirus, with various kind of political shenanigans going on behind the curtains and and with economic crises and various things like that. uh, I'm expecting sort of slightly more acute chaos over the next few years. And then I think like even with all of these, so with all of this like armed groups sort of state legitimacy so on things my my sort of summary of the situation is again i think that just amounts to like something of an increase in chaos in the institutional landscape and society but not sort of a new normal that's of degraded quality but not like not necessarily even fundamentally different and you know like like you mentioned these these kind of like interstate pacts uh to deal with like uh, um, the coordination around coronavirus and so on everyone was talking about how this is like the balkanization of america or whatever and and actually that was a fairly sort of narrow scope and relatively short-lived uh, moment, I, I would think.
1: Yeah, I actually disagree pretty strongly on that. I, okay, I, interesting. Well, I, you, yeah, give, you
0: give yeah. your summary when I'm done with mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. Go but, but like, I, I think that stuff, it's like, yeah, it introduces some new dimensions to the thing and some new accept, exceptions and so on. But like, it seems to me like a a continuous if accelerated decline rather than a a like sharp transition. Right. So that's that's like my general read on that, and then the final point is, I think people generally underestimate the the aspect of defense in depth of the power structure and like just that's how right. secure a, a real power structure, which the Amer- which the United States actually is, uh, just just how secure those things actually are. Um, in terms of like maintaining control of their territories and being able to steer things the way they generally want it to go within the parameters of sort of institutional competence and, and chaos level, which I think is getting worse, but not catastrophically so. And so that's like, I think people generally underestimate the degree to which that plus generally sort of what we might call civilizing forces in society are going to be a big countervailing pressure on what might otherwise look like uh, uncontrolled chaos. Yeah. so I think I am expecting still kind of a slightly accelerated managed decline here rather than a a like you know Civil War II electric boogaloo edition, right <laughs> um, right. That's that's this is my overall take on the thing. It's like I that's that's how I'm seeing things. I think uh, you know we've made a lot of interesting we've made a lot of interesting observations through this discussion. But yeah. but my my fundamental expectation I think remains that basically. So I'd love to hear how you're reading it overall.
1: Well, yeah, I mean I appreciate you letting me letting me have uh, close to the last word here. That's very kind of you. Uh, look. I, I think that if you do believe that, you know, we are still on sort of a managed decline trajectory, um, it is definitely worth, and I'm, I'm speaking directly to any policymakers who may be listening to this, it is extremely important that between now and when the transition of power is supposed to take place around the presidential election, that you start kicking the tires on stuff. So there is, um, you know, Adam Elkis, who is a guy who writes out at, um, uh, he's out of uh, George Mason University, he's a sort of security analyst, uh, among other things. Um, Ad- Adam Elkis' work is definitely worth checking out some of the uh, stuff that he was involved in on the uh, Peaceful Transition uh, yeah, project. We're, we're
0: fans of his work. It's Yeah, stuff.
1: he's absolutely fantastic. Um, so it's worth looking into that. Uh, it is worth um, talking to uh, people in various different, you know, various different, uh, uh, organizations that are responsible for this sort of thing. Um, I think if you are in the national guard or if you are a, uh, you know, in, in one of the uniform services, uh, it is worth having a discussion with your immediate superiors and your direct reports, um, about what, uh, about what you plan on doing. If, uh, if the, the, the legality of orders that you're receiving, um, is unclear. I think it's worth it's worth looking into you know some sort of default option that you can go into if you know if orders are are unclear. I think it's um, extremely important that anybody who you know assumes that that uh, particularly stuff around the transition, but you know um, also unrelated events such as hurricanes, such as you know terrorist mm-hmm. attacks mm-hmm. that are just motivated by somebody else. Folks need to look at those situations and be a lot more liberal with the set of possible outcomes that they permit to enter into their model. Um, there are, there are so many different stressors on the American state right now that I, I think in my view, personally, we have crossed a threshold probably a few months ago, where, where a big push will send things into, um, a, you know a deeply chaotic and potentially very lethal situation. Now I, that's not to say that I think that what we're going to have is some crash from, you know, from where we are presently to, you know, to to Syria, right? That's crazy. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I don't, don't even think that, you know, a a protracted like civil war type thing would even Take the form of something like Syria, because really that's just a big proxy war between you know between various different imperial right. powers. But what I do think could very easily happen is the American government losing control of a large fraction of the American West. I could easily see a, a committed left wing group seizing a major city. Um, I could easily see uh, you know various different people being able to uh, exploit conditions, legi- you know, with legitimacy or without legitimacy uh, you know, to, 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 uh, further their own, you know, to further their own ends. Um, and I also think that, you know, if a group's goal is not to build legitimacy for themselves, but rather to degrade the legitimacy of the federal government in particular, or of, you know, state and local governments, um, that is not a very high bar to clear, you know, uh, if you want to go cause, uh, Persistent, ongoing grid-down situations. Really, all you need is the same equipment as the DC, as the DC sniper. You know that mm-hmm. that that sort of that sort of threat model needs to be something people needs needs to be something that people take very seriously and st- or start taking very seriously right now, uh, so that when some nutcase decides to go shoot up a transformer or, or a a BLM rally or a police station or what have you, that, you know, that you, that if, when that eventually, when that eventuality does come to pass, you know, it's better to be prepared than not. So I I think that that's something that, that everybody should, should definitely, should definitely be keeping in front of mind. You know, we could Mm -hmm. have, um, very, uh, hist- we could have you know the, the, we are we are racking up historically unprecedented events at a at an unprecedented rate right now. And it's not going to take many more of those to push us into a situation where you know where uh, a chaotic out you know where a chaotic and unpredictable outcome uh, uh, is you know be- becomes a reality. I think the last thing I would say, uh, to sort of cap all of this is to, um, is that people should go and look at, uh, how a lot of this stuff has happened in history. I think, um, Edward Lutwock's work coup d'etat practical handbook is a really good way of, um, sort of modeling the capabilities of a security state, um, from the other direction. It's sort of like a, Mm -hmm. a good way Mm -hmm. of red teaming that. I think that, um, Uh, Mike Duncan's podcast, Revolutions, is extremely instructive, you know, in sort of looking at how early modern states dealt with conditions that are awfully similar to ours, especially around the emergence of new communication systems combined with stressors like, you know, like mass unemployment and other things like that, that starts to look a lot like, you know, that starts to look a lot like the French Revolution, quite frankly. Right. Um, yeah, or
0: like the 1848 stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, the 1848 Conflagration. That that definitely, and you know, then that was a situation where the states, you know, where 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 authoritarian right wing Europe or authoritarian monarchist Europe uh, actually was successful in putting putting down a lot of this stuff, but um, you know, but but that wasn't the case in Russia later. You know, so that's uh, looking to history, looking to other countries. I think gives us a better view on this than maybe just looking at pure, the purely American context. Um, Because I think if you limit yourself just to American history, you're leaving out um, a lot of other human behavior that is actually in spec or or, sorry, you know, within the the realm of possibility. And when you do that, you know, you, you're really playing with fire. So, you know, if this hasn't, You know if if there's one takeaway i'd like to give the people it's you know that paranoia is sometimes a little bit healthy particularly when it's paranoia about things that are um you know that are uh totally plausible events you know that that could very well be on the horizon
0: yeah i mean with that like i i think in a way we don't necessarily disagree that much um you're talking about what's possible i'm talking about like the more like baseline scenario sure Um, sure and and i think in particular like you know i would i would back up that advice of of uh, be more paranoid about what could happen be very prepared for a wide range of scenarios i think in general like one of the pathologies of the institutional landscape in america right now is just like how inadequately prepared our institutions are for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, They're just kind of like not very imaginative about what could happen and not very creative in responding to those possibilities. They just deal badly with fat tails. Yeah. And, and on the other hand, again, I think I'll reiterate my, my point of defense in depth and that I think despite the sort of fragility of the thing, it's not entirely just a big glass house of cards. It's, uh, it's sort of, um, you know, it's a complex system with a lot of dysfunctional parts that still has some fundamental structural properties that, that keep it uh, keep it on a relatively stable trajectory. Anyways, so yeah, that's
1: I hope so. I, I'd <laughs> like to I, I, I would I would very much like to see uh, you Look, know, my, my us resolve tra- our, our, our our political. I'd very much yeah. like to see us uh, resolve our political problems in this country through peaceful means Um, no
0: no look don't get me wrong my my stable trajectory is not meaning to imply an optimistic trajectory
1: okay sure
0: sure (laughs) what i mean is like like the derivative is likely to be relatively small right um but but yeah like things can get messy anyways i think that was a fun discussion we got into some uh interesting and, and possibly even controversial components uh, of, yeah. of stuff that we all have to be thinking about right now. And hopefully you all learned something. And yeah, thanks so much, Matt, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. Wolf. All right. Until next time. Adios.